Hi, and welcome to The Other Side of Things. I'm your host, Megan Pinkerton, and today we're going to be talking about the effects of the coronavirus on jobs that aren't getting much attention as some of the others, like those in medical field. Today, I'll be talking to a few guests. My first guest is my father, Kevin Pinkerton, who is a mailman in Walla Walla, Washington. How are you doing today, Dad? I'm doing very well. How are you, Megan? I'm great. Thanks for asking. I was hoping to ask you a few questions, if that's all right. Certainly. Awesome. So, right off the bat, how do you feel um, being a postman, knowing that in other states they have died due to the coronavirus? Well, I don't feel uh, worried about it. I do feel bad for them, the individuals. It's very sad that that happened, especially since they, uh, you know, went to work, did their jobs, uh, needed to get a paycheck. But I know that the majority of them were in areas that were a lot harder hit by the virus, like New York City, where the numbers are a lot higher. Uh, we haven't had as many cases in this area. It hasn't spread as much. And also there are a lot of underlying uh, health issues and age related to a lot of uh, deaths. And so it doesn't cause me a fear that being, a, because I'm a mailman, I'm more likely to get it. I feel that I, there are other things in my favor. Sure, sure. So if you don't mind me asking, what, is the post office doing to prevent the spread of the coronavirus within your building? Well, within our building, they're definitely uh, taking steps for us to do some social distancing. Like in the mornings uh, when there's opportunities for us to be standing in lines, like when we're clocking in and getting our keys, they've got X's on the ground so that we have to stay six feet apart. Uh, they are providing us with uh, hand sanitizer, uh, face masks, cloth masks for those who want them. Uh, and disinfectant wipes so we can wipe down uh, the door handles and steering wheels in our vehicles and they have also been doing extra cleaning in the offices uh, the janitors uh, when people aren't there like uh, using bleach and other uh, antibi antibiotic anti antibacterial cleaners uh, to clean all the areas that we come in contact with sure yeah totally so when you brought up the point of they give you things to clean off your vehicles, yeah. since though you don't trade vehicles, you have a vehicle assigned to you, correct? Correct. So have you been doing that pretty often, or is that more of when it was pretty pretty high up a couple months ago, or what, what does that yeah. look like for you? I would say, me personally, I'm not doing it very much. Uh, I was doing it a little bit uh, at the beginning of things. I think there's definitely been some complacency, especially since this area hasn't had seen too many cases. Um, they are suggesting that we do things and they are providing means for us to, to keep things clean, but they are not requiring it. And so uh, I think a lot of us tend to maybe forget to do it sometimes, but definitely it was we were doing a lot more a month ago, a month and a half ago. Sure. So if you don't mind me asking, you say that the post office, you know, provides materials and things to prevent the spread mm -hmm. um, in the work areas. So do you almost feel like lucky that since they do provide as much hand sanitizer as you want for as if you were not working in the post office going to the store and never finding any sanitizer and if you do for a small bottle it's like five dollars yeah definitely uh all the hand sanitizer that i've had both for work and using at home 
has come from the post office or from my job. I have a couple bottles here at home that a customer on my route actually gave me. Uh, and then the hand gel sanitizer that I've been using uh, was from the post office. Uh, so yeah, I definitely wouldn't be able to get it just on my own because of the shortages or I'd be paying sure. a crazy amount of money to get it. Yeah. Totally. So do you, for, well, for instance, we, I know your schedule, you know, eight hours sure. plus some overtime here and there. Would you say um, within that your hours might be longer than eight hours because you might have to wait at certain doors before you can give in the materials in the mail or how does that, or is your schedule pretty even as it is? Well, I, I do think that with various things of the coronavirus, it has caused more overtime and slowed me down some, causing me to have longer hours. Uh, not so much with the procedures. That is a little bit uh, since the business the last week or so, since some of the businesses reopened up, uh, especially some dentist offices that are on my route. Uh, I have to like wait outside, knock, get the receptionist's attention through a window or something and wait for them to come and open the door where in the past I could just go in. So yeah, in that case, it slowed down. But the biggest way that it slowed down would be more uh, the packages, the amount of packages we get every day has increased a lot, which slows us down uh, just because so many people are ordering things online uh, because stores ha haven't had things in or stores have been closed or people have not been wanting to go to the stores. Totally, sure. Um, well, I do have one last question. I'm just kind of wrap this up. Um, I know we, you have mentioned you are not scared or, you know, you know, stuff is also kind of gone a little bit better. Stuff's starting to open up. Um, you can go out, you know, there's not, you know, you cannot leave your home week, stuff like that. Um, not as much quarantine as it started, but do you have any like in the back of the mind thoughts or, you know, just that in the mind scaredness or you totally like chill and feel that it will not come to your post office? No, I think I'm probably somewhere in the middle of that spectrum. Uh, I'm definitely not worried, but I'm also not dismissive of it. I think, sure. I think concerned would be a word that I would mm -hmm. use. I'm careful. Um, I do wear a cloth mask in certain parts of my route where I know I'm coming in to contact with more people, like some of the businesses on my route mm -hmm. and also a retirement home that I have on my route. Although that's more for the other people's protection, sure. possibly. Uh, but I'm not dismissive in thinking that, oh, it won't happen. It couldn't come I think I'm aware that it could. And so I'm trying to be careful. But I think I'm being more careful so that if I were to have it and not know it, I wouldn't pass it on to other people. I think that's a lot of my... Uh, where I'm taking precautions. No, yeah, I totally understand and, but that. But I don't, I feel that uh, I'm in pretty good health and I'm not in that danger zone age-wise. Mm -hmm. And I don't live in an area where it's really broken out. So I don't really have a fear for myself, but I would say I'm concerned and aware that I, that I need to be careful, yeah. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Well, thank you so much, Dad, for coming on and taking some time out of your day to talk. You're welcome, Megan. Thank you so much for having me. I love to talk. Awesome. Well, we will be right back with a quick break, and next we will be talking to the superintendent and principal of Enterprise Elementary. Hey there, and welcome back to On the Other Side of Things. I'm Megan Pinkerton, your host. And our second guest who we'll be talking to is my mother, the superintendent and principal of elementary. How are you today, Erica? 
I'm doing great, Megan. Thanks for having me on your show. You're very welcome. I was hoping to ask you a few questions today um, about the whole coronavirus, if that's all right. Absolutely. So my first question is just, you know, right off the bat, what was going through your mind when you first got, you know, the email or the confirmation that school would be closed for another week after spring break? Uh, well, initially, uh, when I found out, I actually did not find out uh, from the governor or mm. the Department of Education. I, I found out through my mom. Mm. Uh, so I was shocked because I didn't believe her um, because I thought I would be informed by um, the Oregon Department of Education. However, there was a breakdown in communication. So once I got that information, um, I quickly um, started scrambling, as did uh, the rest of the superintendents across the state. You gotta love grandma, don't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that is pretty crazy. And then finding out, you know, your plans got changed again, right? That it was gonna be canceled for two weeks, but then it got changed again for the rest of the year. So how did that work, having one plan set and having to go again and again? Like, how was that? Go? I think the one word that I would use is exhausting when you're trying to lead a district and plan for your district uh, to have it switched up uh, so quickly um, and then having to set a new plan, uh, you know, it takes a lot of collaboration amongst a lot of people. And, um, you know, you just have to have that attitude of we got this and um, we did as a school district a, a spectacular job. Sure. And if you don't mind me asking, what is your what was your plan for this year? As I know, school is pretty much over. But how did you from that week of first closure get yourself to the end of the school year? Uh, so after the first two-week uh, shutdown, which took us up to spring break, <clears throat> then things had changed again. We uh, had to do what the governor ordered in the twenty or in her order twenty twenty, and that was um, to make sure that uh, students, you know, it was distance learning for all. And so we had to make sure that we were equitable and that all children had access to technology. So that required the district investing in additional Chromebooks, hotspots, chargers, keyboards. Uh, you name it. And so once we got that in the children's hands, um, also we were required to make sure all children had access to food. So we had to, I had to create a delivery system of food for pickup. Or, and um, so, yeah, it was, there was a lot to, you know, um, at the administrative level get coordinated. <clears throat> the teachers then had to go and learn about Google Classroom within, I don't know, a day. Um, and typically when you do a big change like that, it involves a lot of professional development. And unfortunately, they didn't have that opportunity. Um, so I saw a lot of uh, teamwork happening amongst my staff on how to, how to learn that platform. And then also a lot of patients working with parents and uh, as they were unsure of how to do it either. Um, so it was a huge learning curve and we, we, we got there. Sure, sure. And, you know, I feel like a lot of the other superintendents have been doing their job for, like, years. And this is, what, going to be your fifth year um, as a superintendent. Did you almost feel nervous that you were not going to be at the level of where all the other superintendents were going to be able to handle this? Yeah, so I'm just wrapping up my fourth year, and I just I feel for those that are in their first year. Um, but when you're in the business, you reach out to others who do have the expertise and knowledge and you do, um, you know, run your scenarios by them and get feedback. And sure. so, um, you know, whether it was meal delivery, delivery of the technology, 
and or when we were hit with the budget crisis, um, trying to figure out, okay, well, you know, what's, what, you know, how do I prioritize what cuts to make and, and how does that look? Um, and how do I really comb through that budget to get all that, the extras out? So, so with, um, the budget cuts and all that, how were you able to afford all the technology and all the stuff you have to take to the students or how does that work? So we were told that we would be reimbursed for those, um, expenses mm -hmm. and so uh to date i still have not seen uh any money from the state for the expenses um but as we made purchases uh for the district because of covid all of those receipts were kept um marked initialed and um submitted to the business manager so we could seek that reimbursement so yeah we'll see yeah you know we'll see yeah, totally. So um, every store, every building, every obviously classroom and school are taking ways to prevent the coronavirus. What are you? What are you guys doing to prevent it? Like, do you guys have a day to day or a month to month or what does that look like? Uh, so we are following CDC guidelines. Um, my custodial crew is and. Um, We've already met one time uh, to review those, and also they've laid out their plan on um, the frequency and duration of the cleaning of, of the high-use areas and um, not high-use areas. Um, I've also met with our local hospital and met with a few members from their um, medical, the medical director and um, board members uh, to ask for their feedback. Um, as the first week of March, I had submitted to my board the pandemic plan for the school district. And so I recently have received feedback on that from the hospital and also we'll be reaching out to the county commissioners to review um, to get their support as well. Well, that sounds really awesome then, right? It's a lot of work. Yeah, but it's kind of starting to smooth out, you'd say? No. No, okay. <laughs> no, I, I think we're going to have many changes between now and um, sure. when we start sure. in September. So um, just take it <clears throat> with stride. So how, if you don't mind me asking... How do you feel knowing, of course, um, I've heard and read and seen stuff as well, but how do you feel knowing that they do not want to um, not start school, that they want to have certain amount of kids? Like, I know it's, I think it's 30 in a room. Yeah, so how there are some uh, initial go? recommendations coming out of the Oregon Health Authority office, and they're saying no more than 25 people in a classroom of a certain square footage. Uh, and so that would include your teacher or instructional aid and then 23 students. So um, they're also discussing, you know, even in the classroom, the desks need to be six feet apart. If you're on a school bus, you have to be six feet away from the bus driver and three feet away from each other. Uh, so that might leave two, two kids that can ride our um, smaller buses um, and still maintain contact. And see, if we're still at that point, I feel like we just shouldn't even open. If or what? What are your thoughts on that? Do you think we should open with even having to take those restrictions? I'd like to see us reopen. Definitely, <clears throat> um, I'd like to see us reopen based on our county uh, statistics of the coronavirus and knowing that we've only had two exposures or you know individuals that have been um, diagnosed with it. Um, I'd like to see us open and get back to normal as soon as possible. Sure. I think that's great, yeah. Well, thank you for talking to me. I do have one more question, if you don't mind. Of course. So, I know we talked earlier before recording that um, you had some update on what it will look like 
not of course what it will look like for sure, but you do have maybe a few more answers about um, the school year. Oh yeah, so I just mentioned a couple of them that that sure. have come to light for us. But in addition to that, even in the hallways, and especially for middle school, high school, it's going to be extremely hard. But again, you have to maintain maintain that six feet uh, distance apart from one another. So um, that's going to be extremely difficult. Uh, we're also look at looking at um, mm -hmm. having to uh, do a screening station for all staff members taking their temperature before they start their workday, and then also having to screen all of the children as well. Um, and how do you get that done? The best that I can come up with at this point is looking at staggering start times for uh, grade levels. So those are a few things, but like I said, there's a lot of time still before us before we start on one hand and one hand, there's not a lot of time, but um, I, you know, I think, I think we, we can do it. We can get it done. I just, I just really hope that a local, there's more local power on the reopening of our schools. Totally. Sure. Okay. Well, thank you so much for taking some time and talking with me, Mother. <laughs> Absolutely. Soon to be sophomore. Alrighty then. Well, that was Erica Pinkerton, the principal and superintendent of Enterprise Elementary. That was today's episode of On the Other Side of Things. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you next time.